podcast is brought to you by New Hope Baptist Church. For more information, visit the website newhope.net.au or follow us on social media. Well, good uh, morning, everybody. It's great to be joining uh, with you today. Today is a lot of fun, and I want to give you a precursor that there is going to be a bit of noise during this sermon, and you know what? That's okay. For one, it's going to make me feel more relaxed, and two, it should just help you like slot into the theme of joy this morning. Uh, so this is good. We're going to, uh, I want to precursor two things before I start. Uh, one, my name, is, my name is Tim. If I haven't met you before, I'm the worship pastor here. It's lovely to be joining with you today. Uh, one, uh, yes, this is my real hair. It's, it's not a wig. And two, this is not my golfing outfit. This is just how I dress. <laughs> uh, today, we are continuing with our book of Ephesians. We've come out of uh, putting off and putting on. Uh, and we're looking at the one verse that follows these uh, large ideas. And um, I've pretty much been asked to come and speak to you today as your worship pastor. Uh, and this is a message from me, the worship pastor. And this is a message that I hope in my lifetime I will preach again uh, and again and again. Uh, and today's pretty much my first run at it. And my hope and prayer is that over time this is going to... Uh, going to get better and get better and more refined and more refined. But if it's a bit like rough around the edges today, I apologize, but uh, I trust uh, you'll come right with me. Uh, today, we are talking and uh, looking at singing. Today, our message is all about singing. And this uh, comes from uh, Paul's letter to the Ephesians. This is chapter 5, verses 19. One passage, very short, and it says, Speak to another with psalms. Sorry, speak to one another with psalms hymns and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Right, singing, that's where we're going today, singing. Everything you're hearing this morning is about singing and it's going to be fun. We're going to be filled with joy this morning as we jump into this topic. Now, I find singing one of the most uh, mysteriously beautiful things that we have here on the earth because uh, singing touches every single part of life and every single part of history and is going to do those things into the future and into eternity. Singing is like this really strange, it's, it's the world's biggest funnel. If there is anything in life that falls into the funnel, it will funnel into a song and it will funnel into singing. See, singing is the universal, timeless language. It's been there from the beginning and it's going to be there into eternity. And singing has this funny way of capturing everything in life from the most obscure, unique thing. There'll be a song not too far away. But then it also covers the most mundane thing. If you just turn on the radio and listen to any pop song, you'll find a song about nothing. <laughs> Honestly, like, times have changed. We don't write, a lot of us, they just write songs. It's kind of, it's monetized these days. I'm not going to get into that, but... It's, it's a universal and timeless language. Everyone has a connection and a story that a song or singing is not too far away from. For some of us, it might be something like uh, being cradled uh, to sleep as a child and have your grandmother sing that one song. And some of us might know it. For others, it'll be something completely different. For others, well, there'll be heartbreaking stories, but there's a song attached. Singing just has this really interesting way of being intertwined into our life. It does this interesting thing that it can add color to our life. Singing, it's the funnel that catches everything in life, from history, from now, from different bits and pieces, it's just everything. Uh, and that is why we're looking at singing today. We even find that uh, singing intertwines itself with other contexts. 
we see singing attached to things like sport, uh, to the arts, like literature and other things of the sort. We see it attached to things even like food. Uh, and we even attach singing to country. Think that every single country on the earth pretty much has a flag and a song. It's the national anthem. Singing is everywhere. Singing is the great funnel that catches everything. You know, we can use a song to calm us down, like, the, like what I used before with a grandparent or a parent that sang you to sleep as a child. Calms us down, gets us to sleep. For other times, it winds us up and gets us ready, like listening to a bit of 90s M&M to get ready to, you know, a bit of lose yourself to go to the gym. Not me. <laughs> you know, we find singing in the worst parts of history. We find songs that were sung on the plantation fields by slaves who sang songs together to give themselves hope. They were singing to God to, for an exodus and trying to sing to each other to keep the hope that one day they will be freed. We find songs on the battlefield in World War II where soldiers were trying to just wrap up their grief somehow and just manage to deal with it and tragic songs came out of World War II. But then at the other way, we actually find songs at the very other end of life uh, and they're associated with great joys. And so I actually want to show you some pictures uh, today. We might throw the first one up on the screen. Here we go. This is Hallowed Turf. This is one of my favorite places in the world. Uh, and the reason it is so special is that it, uh, it's tied to music. So this is uh, in Cronulla in Sydney. Uh, and this is what is known as Shark Park and is the home of the mighty Cronulla Sharks. I'm born in New South Wales, so NRL is my thing. Uh, and my dad grew up not too far from Cronulla. And so I was born into a shark-supporting family. But I lived in rural New South Wales, and so actually going to Shark Park was something we seldom did, maybe once every two or three years, like very rarely. Uh, we can go to the next photo, actually. This is a photo of me. There, look, bottom left. That's a little Tim. <laughs> Cute as a button. Some things never change. Uh, and so these are treasured memories. I can remember pretty much every time I've been to Shark Park. I can probably count them on both hands. Uh, but as you would know, even here in Victoria, one of the things uh, that's common, particularly in Australian culture, is that we, uh, we have a victory song. All of our teams have a victory song. Uh, and so if you go to the next photo, we won this game. <laughs> and the beautiful thing why memories like this lock into our, into our minds is because singing is closely associated. At the end of the song, we won this game by two or six points. I can't quite remember. I was eight years old. Uh, and we sing uh, our song called Up, Up, Cronulla. And it's, I like to describe it, it's a, it, we do songs different to the AFL, and that's okay. I love the AFL that you do the big band thing, like the most iconic one's probably Tigerland. It's very, calm down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's really catchy, right? And I, I've been to, unfortunately, I've been to a Dreamtime game. I'm a Bombers fan, and I've, I've heard the other side sing Tigerland. It's catchy, right? And it locks in memories. I remember being there and singing Up Up Cronulla. I remember my dad teaching me as a child. And singing is so closely intertwined with this, these treasured memories that I have. Singing captures everything. It is the universal and timeless language. You can probably pull that down now. We've, we've had some fun with that. See, I'm still cute. Um, <laughs> Um, it's the universal language. I have this experience of uh, preaching at the, uh, the Chinese congregation last year, and surprise, surprise, they do the whole service in Mandarin. I speak nothing of Mandarin, and, yet, and they do all their worship in Mandarin. 
But I sat in the front row because I was ushered there by, the, by Edmund. I thought I'd sneak in the back, but no, I was, here is your seats, front center. Uh, and the whole worship time was in Mandarin. But you know what I found? After the first song, I was just into it as much as I was sitting in our service because sure, the language is different. Sure, I had no idea what the melody was, what the lyrics were, but I, knew, I, I know that song. I know worship. I know spiritual songs when I'm in the presence of it. And it was this beautiful experience uh, of being intercultural and singing. Uh, it was fantastic. Singing is also this timeless thing, right? We see singing uh, in our ancient history. In fact, if we go right back to the beginning, one of the earliest uh, examples that we have of singing in the Bible is in the book of Exodus. It's the whole chapter 15 in Exodus, and it's the song of Moses and Miriam singing with the Israelite community after they've just had victory and have had their exodus from the Egyptians. And a whole chapter is this song, and they even reprised it at the end because they were just, they were ready to go. Sometime later, we even have King David, the most prolific songwriter in history who wrote thousands of psalms of only some of that we've captured. We even go to Jesus, and even Jesus sang. Uh, at the communion meal, they finished the communion meal, and Jesus led a time of singing together before he went up to the Mount of Olives and was eventually betrayed. Not long after, we have Paul and Silas who sang in prison. And then, of course, an earthquake happens, and then the chains fall off, and the gates open. But here's the beauty that we have of believers. We get to go to the other end. Right? We get this beautiful vision in the book of Revelation of what eternity and what heaven is. And the image and vision that we get is that there are heavenly beings surrounding the throne in heaven, all bowing down, singing a new song unto God who sits on the throne. Singing is timeless. And then we find ourselves here in the middle. We have all this history to one side, and we have beautiful history to one side. Singing is timeless. And so why would Paul give this message of singing and encouraging us to sing to God and over one another? Frequently, he gives a similar message to the church in Corinth, in Corinthians. He mentions it almost nearly word for word in Colossians. He also mentions the Roman church. Even if we steer away from Paul, the book of Psalms encourages us to uh, to sing more than 40 times. It encourages us and tells us, lift your voices, sing praise more over 40 times. This isn't just some small tucked away part that we do every Sunday. There's deep and rich meaning for that. So why the encouragement from Paul? What is it about singing? Uh, and uh, this is pretty much the best I could come up with. And we're getting, this is going to be the message for the next 10, 15 minutes that we're here. And it's that singing is powerful. It's kind of all I got for you. For whatever reason, I have no idea why. Singing is just so, so powerful. And again, it's partly because it connects to every little bit of history and life, and it even connects us into our eternal future. Singing is just so powerful. You know that we have other things in the world that singing kind of does. You know, we sing for entertainment. There are other ways we get entertained. You know, we sing to remember our heritage and tradition, but you know, we've had stone and parchment to gather up and collect our stories from history, but for some reason, singing, just, it's like an IV drip that just slowly, gently drips down into the very depths of your soul, and that's part of the wonderful, beautiful mystery that it is, that it just does something 
deep within human nature and within us that just, it just connects things so differently to anything else. Singing is powerful. And I want to make a small note that I think that there's a difference that we get as believers, that we get to sing spiritual songs. Taylor Swift is struggling to sell 4 million tickets in Australia. And you know what? Her well, singing's fine. And there's something special to it. Memories will be made. But there is something extra about singing spiritual songs. And I think that is because we get the spirit of the living God dwelling within us that empowers and enriches those songs. And that is what gives it such power. And somehow singing does this incredible thing. Like I said, it's powerful. Somehow singing has this capacity to well up hope with inside you. It has this way to just spring joy. Uh, we experienced some of that this morning. I know that all of the kids at the, doing the actions at the front, they were singing and they were filled with such abundant joy. Singing can also just give us such restful, calm peace. And Singing does this other amazing thing that in just some strange way, it can just bring life. It just breeds life and it changes people. I asked my dad this week, who's a Church of Christ minister trained, and I just said, so what is it for you about singing? And he just says, it just, it just has the capacity to change people's lives. Don't know why, it just does and it can. So why else does Paul give us this encouragement? Well, it's because it's a rich a historic spiritual practice, and it gives us our eternal context as believers. We see that. It gives us this idea that we are actually part of something bigger. We're not just 400 people sitting in a building in Blackburn North. No, today we are joining in the chorus with millions upon millions of people across the earth today, maybe singing a different language, different melodies, but we're all singing the same song. Right, And we're also joining in the chorus of all the saints and the apostles and all of those amazing biblical characters who have come before us. We're all singing the same song. You see, I can't really relate with someone like David a lot. I've never yielded a sword into battle. I will probably, hopefully, never lead a large nation uh, and rule a nation. I doubt that will happen, but you know, the Lord moves in mysterious ways. But you know what? I can't relate with David on that, but do you know what? I can sing a song like David did. I can somehow connect my life in with this rich uh, history and just do it through singing because I can do it just like David did, just like Moses and Jesus and Paul and all the saints leading to now have. And there's this great sense that we are the current generation. All of these people have been coming up and coming up and all of a sudden, we're it, we're the generation. It's like we are now taking the baton on, turning to the future, taking this great rich history tradition and everything and we actually get to set our eyes forward to eternity. We get to take this baton of singing and we get to sing forward into eternity. We get to sing into the kingdom of heaven because Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is here and now, but it is also not yet. And so the beauty of singing is that we get it in eternity, in heaven, in forever, there will be singing. We will be singing forever together, but actually we get a small taste of it now. And so it's like experiencing something beautiful of the kingdom of heaven right here and right now just through our beautiful voices together. I think Paul also encourages us because it is designed into us. It is a part of the knitted fabric that makes us 
human beings. When God was creating man at the very beginning, he looked upon us and said, you are very good. And he said that partly because I believe that he made us in his image. He made us in his likeness. And he looked upon us and said, you are very good. And you know, we get this little tiny snapshot in the book of Zephaniah in chapter 3, verse 17. And it says that God is there rejoicing over you with singing. God himself is a singer. So no wonder us as humans carry the capacity to do so. We're made in his image. We reflect something of him. Of course we can sing. He's been singing eternally. He's been singing singing since the dawn of time. And so have his creation because we reflect something of who he is. And that's probably where the power comes from. Why it is so powerful is that this small, strange, mysterious, beautiful action is something that is of him. You know that no other species in the world can quite sing the way we can to put an intellectual train of thought and put it through melodies and harmonies to sing all together in unison. No other species can do it. Whales have a beautiful song, but it is not singing. Birds can tweet and chirp and it gives glory to God, but do you know what? It is not singing. We are the only species who can sing in such a way and it's because it reflects our creator. He himself is a singer. Probably got a little handy baritone on him, I reckon. Singing is an integral part of our identity. Every every human is able to do it. We have all been given a voice. And it's a gift from God. And so when we sing together, we reflect something of our creator. And that is why it is so powerful. Singing is just so powerful And brace yourselves for the tackiest thing I'm going to say this morning. With great power comes great responsibility. (laughs) I've all heard that before, and it's true. With great power does come great responsibility. And hear this. We are responsible together, all of us together, to cultivate and nurture our singing together. Why is that? Well, in the Bible, when we are adopted into the Holy Family, we get lots of beautiful titles like adopted son and daughter, you're a holy nation, uh, co-heirs with Christ, beautiful, beautiful stuff, uh, given the Holy Spirit, marked with a seal, all this great phenomenal stuff. You know what one of the other things are, that the titles that every one of us gets? You are a royal priesthood. Every single one of us here, we get marked as a royal priesthood. So what is the role of a priest? If we look back from Exodus on through in the Torah, we see that the Levites are given the status of priests. And the role of a priest is to make sure that the worship happens and happens correctly and happens properly and happens orderly and it, it functions as it should be. And they all had different roles and were given different allocated spots to make sure it was their thing. It was their job to facilitate the act of worship for Israel to God. We now have taken on that mantle of responsibility because we are now a royal priesthood. So what are the responsibilities of a priest? Well, we have a responsibility to each other. We have a responsibility to each other being royal priests. We have a responsibility to seeing that grows everyone around us, that lifts up everyone, that builds and encourages one another. That is our responsibility. If you're sitting there, look at the people to the left and right of you, you have a responsibility to them. And that comes with your singing and faithful singing. 
and singing to God. We have a responsibility to the next generation. I refuse to leave this earth having a church that doesn't sing. I will refuse. I will go down kicking and screaming. It is our responsibility, everyone sitting here, that we model and show a vibrant, happy, healthy, unified singing church so that our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren keep alive this great spiritual practice that is so vibrant and needed and healthy through the Christian faith. It is our responsibility to make sure that that continues on, that one day we've taken this baton, we've done a great job, whether we pass on to the next one and they look to eternity and keep it going. That is our responsibility. We are responsible to the world. We have an obligation to the world because when we sing spiritual songs, we have the image of God in us and when we start singing, we reflect something of him and the world needs that. The world needs God so desperately and we have a responsibility to sing and to show that to the world. That is our responsibility. We have a responsibility to God himself. We have a responsibility to God that we worship him in the way that he wants to be worshipped. Um, everyone's mostly familiar with the five love languages, yeah? You know, gifts and words of affirmation. Uh, say, for example, if my love language is affirmation, but my wife keeps buying me gifts, I get that she loves me, but I'm just, it's not doing something in my heart. It just isn't quite making the connection. God wants us to sing to him. That's very evidently clear from all of the passages in Scripture to sing to him, and that's the way that he wants to be worshipped. It does something to the heart of the Father. He delights in it so greatly when he is glorified and lifted up, given because he is so worthy. And that's what he deserves. And we ought to worship him in the way that he wants to be worshipped. That is our responsibility. And it's our responsibility together. The psalmist has this great little line that he is our song. We sing because we are a reflection of him, but we sing back to him because he is our song. He is our song. We have responsibilities. But here's the great part with responsibility. Don't let it weigh you down too much because uh, many hands make for light work. Am I correct? Many hands make for light work. If we all take and t do our bit and take upon that small piece of responsibility, this will be a happy, vibrant, unified, powerful church under the beautiful lordship of our Lord Jesus Let's bear the responsibility together. And many voices makes for a very powerful choir. We invite our band back up to come back up. And so this is our time to respond. It is a gift to worship the Lord. It is a gift to worship together in the way that we do. And so my encouragement for you this morning is to take on the encouragement that Paul gives us and to sing to sing passionately, to sing for those around us, to sing for those who are uh, growing into this church, our young ones out the back, to sing for them, to sing for those in the world and to worship God passionately in spirit and in truth. Sing because he is the one true God. He is the one true good and faithful God. Sing because we are a united community and we need to rely on each other to sing. I'll invite you to stand. This morning, sing even if you aren't confident in your voice. It's okay to be a little bit tone deaf. That's not going to matter eternally. 
It's not going to matter eternally. You are filled with the Spirit of God. Sing a spiritual song. Pitch isn't going to matter. Whatever your offering is this morning, it will be more than sufficient. So sing passionately, sing loudly, sing joyfully. What has helped for me in the past is when I enter into a time of worship, the first thing that I'll try and do is to raise my hands in worship. And it's not because I'm trying to be super spiritual, far from. It's usually because I'm just not there yet and I just can't feel it. And the reason why I put my hands in the air is to engage my body, it's to engage my mind, it's to sort of start to focus my mind, to focus my heart into what we're actually doing here and to, to sing for one another, to sing music from your heart unto God. And so I raise my hands just to get my body engaged, to get my mind engaged. And if that's something that will help you, I encourage you to do it. If you've never tried it, maybe today's the time. So let's sing this song. Let's sing it passionately. And we're going to sing knowing that Moses sung this song. We're going to sing knowing that David wrote this song. We're knowing that Jesus, Paul and Silas, the heavenly beings, they're all singing this same very song. It might be in a different language. It might have a different melody. It might have different words, but it is the same song that we are carrying into eternity. So sing passionately. Sing joyfully. Sing for those standing around you. Sing to give glory to Him. To the one who saved us. To the one who came low. To the one who gives us life, who gave us the Spirit to live closely in communion with Him. And sing because we need all the practice we can get before eternity. Amen. Let's sing together.